Welcome to the party, pal. The Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world on the interwebs and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. It is The Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live. Hello, my friends. Hello. I just called to let you know. All right. What uh, what you doing? How, how you doing? Hump day. Middle of the week. Oh, the downhill slide to Firearms Friday is real. We can see it from here, and man, we're gonna have some tough. We're gonna have some stuff to talk about. I guarantee, I guarantee you that we're gonna be talking about a lot of things uh, come Friday, including <clears throat> we're gonna give you a little bit of a preview today. Little bit of a preview today to talk about those things, and uh, we will uh, we'll dive into that. So <clears throat> today's show. Um, we have a potential for some guests in hour two, um, but, uh, I, uh, <laughs> no, no guarantees, man. No guarantees, no substitutions, no refunds. Uh, we're working on, uh, or we're, we're working on keeping our fingers crossed that we're going to be talking with some folks, uh, some guests in hour two. Uh, but this morning we're going to spend the first hour kind of going over the ins and outs of the uh, upcoming election for especially the special uh, election for the U.S. House seat vacated by Don Young and what uh, has taken place now with the withdrawal of the number three candidate, Dr. Al Gross, from the program. And uh, what does it mean for what does it mean for the rest of the field? It's so this whole thing is so interesting <clears throat> and by interesting, I mean a total train wreck. That's what I mean. A total and complete train wreck uh, is what uh, is what we're looking at right now. Okay, um, so uh, some headlines and then uh, phone calls as well because we will open up those uh, phone lines to talk with you, uh, the uh, the listener, about what it is that you care about. Some of the interesting... Um, well, I mean, everything, all the interesting news today pretty much central uh, centralized around the House race uh, and everything else. Uh, but in in other in other news, in other news, um, the U.S. Senate has also finally let its voice be heard on the gun question. Uh, they have now reached a bipartisan agreement and compromise on what they're calling a gun violence bill. Now, <clears throat> with 14 Republicans joining all 48 Democrats and the two independents, so the the Democratic coalition there that rules the uh, rules the Senate, those 14 Republicans have all signed on board uh, with the bill now 
and they made that announcement yesterday. The 14 Republicans, by the way, include our very own Lisa Murkowski, who again is now siding with the Democrats on trying to infringe more on your gun rights. Mm -hmm. The new bill includes uh, red flag law requirements. Uh, It lowers the purchasing age uh, from from draft eligible age uh, 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 men and women to raises that age up to 21. Uh, I mean, we're going to get all the details on this and really dive into it on Friday. But this whole thing touted by everybody that this will help, of course, end the gun violence that we've seen in uh, in recent days, weeks, months, and years. Which we know, for the most part, none of these things will really do anything to affect that. But we have to do something. Right? That's the mantra of politicians. We must be, we must do something. Chris Murphy, uh, Senator Chris Murphy, was quoted as saying, uh, and this is the quote of the day for this, because you and I have talked about this many times, about allowing fear to, uh, 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 allowing fear to drive policy. Murphy said that after the Buffalo and Uvalde incidents, he said, I saw a level of fear on the faces of parents and the children that I've spoken to that I've never seen before. Not just for the safety of their children, but also fear about the ability of government to rise to this moment and do something. Do something meaningful. Because it's the responsibility of government to do something I mean, this just outlines a fundamental difference between um, those that believe in, I mean, I have fear. Uh, I mean, I have fear about government. I have fear about government overreach because that is the nature of government. That is what government does. Government, by its very nature, grows and increases in its authority, its scope, its power. That is just, again, the very nature and fabric of government, regardless of almost the kind of government. That is just, it is almost, you know, it it is almost a fundamental truth that any government out there pretty much uh, will continue to grow and absorb, expand its mandate. That is, it's the nature of the beast. So when he keeps going about going on and on about, you know, the fear and the faces of parents and children, I mean, again, the folly of trying to set national policy based exclusively on, you know, you know, on fear, that that's that's a bad thing to begin with. We should never set policy from a from a basis of fear. Because again, we hear about all the 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 proposed changes in the outlines and the the vast, vast majority of them would not have affected any of the things that we talked about. I mean, for example, universal background checks. Well, a big chunk, somewhere in the high 70th percentile of these mass shootings, people, they got their guns just like you and me. They walked into a dealer and they bought them. You know, we've talked about, you know, gun-free zones, how the, 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 uh, the, 
perpetrators of these crimes, they not only sought out the gun-free zones, in some cases, as you can see in their manifestos in their uh, and in their writings, that they specifically sought out the gun-free zones because they knew that they would not be challenged. They would not have, they would not have anybody that could fight back. I mean, we just go down the thing, but you know, point by point of all the things that you know, the the, the high magazine capacity. Well, the Virginia Tech shooter, he did it all with ten round magazines. I mean, you know, it's this is not. Everything that they're doing is basically theater so that they look like they're doing something. Just like Chris, just like Chris Murphy says, it's also the fear of the ability to, of the ability of the government to rise to this moment and do something, do something meaningful. It, none of it's meaningful. All you have done is you have basically raised another barrier to those law-abiding citizens that would like to be able to exercise their rights to defend themselves and keep and bear arms. Because I hate to point out the obvious to you, but I'm gonna. The obvious thing here is that criminals, by their very definition, break the law. And you adding one more law to this pile of other laws that are already there is not going... It's already illegal to murder people. It's already illegal to shoot at people. It's already illegal to bring a gun into most of these places. It's already... I mean, you just go right down the boom to boom to boom. You can go right down the list. It's already illegal to do all of those things. And now what you're saying is, well, there's one more law. This law will stop everything. Nope. And the worst part of this, the worst part of this is that yet again, Lisa Murkowski has step forward and betrayed a lot. And I think it's a betrayal. I really do. She's going to see it as standing to her. I mean, she's, it's a betrayal of Alaskans. I mean, we could just keep going on and on and on about this, but that is, that is the bottom line. It is a betrayal of Alaskans. Um, this, we're going to get the full breakdown on this bill and all of the ins and outs of it for Friday. We're going to, we're going to do that. Uh, all the ins and outs for Friday, we will, uh, we'll reserve the whole full breakdown for that there as well. So, but I wanted to give you a little bit of a tease because, oh, Kelly Shabaka, she had a few things to say about this. Kelly Shabaka, again, um, absolutely came out and just, uh, blasted Murkowski on this. Time after time, says Chewbacca, Lisa Murkowski demonstrates why people on both sides of important issues just don't trust her. When she visits Alaska, she pretends to be a friend of the Second Amendment. When she's in Washington, she sides with the elites and the insiders and votes against the interests of law-abiding Alaskans. At least Democrat Pat Chesbro is honest about her support for restricting the rights of our citizens so you know where she stands. 
The lawful ownership of firearms is part of who we are as Alaskans, both for hunting and for self-defense. Perhaps Murkowski missed the part of the Second Amendment where it says shall not be infringed. After 21 years in the Senate for Murkowski, there's no question that it's time for a change. When I'm the next senator for Alaska, I will always fight for the constitutional rights of our people, and I will always defend the Second Amendment. Um, Yeah. Oh, the bribery. Yeah, because then they mentioned the bribery of the whole deal. The bribery where they got $750 million that they want to pass out to the various states to incentivize them to pass red flag laws, which, of course, have no, I mean, they've got tremendous problems with due process in red flag laws. But if you ain't got one, oh, they'll dangle some money in front of you. Remember, this is the carrot or the stick from the federal government. You want some sugar from Uncle Sugar? Well, you'll do what Uncle Sugar says. That's what it. That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Oh, this. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's the big news, and that's the big tease for coming up on uh, coming up on Friday. So we're looking forward to a we're looking for a, a good firearms Friday discussion coming up uh, at that point. All right. Well. We're bridging up on the gap here for the uh, commercial break. We will be back with more in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Don't forget you can join us out there on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. And uh, you can uh, also come out and join us on YouTube and Twitch and everything else. So come on in. Be part of it. We'll return with more in just a moment. You're home for common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these uh, entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. We are in the break. Hello, my friends. Hello. How you doing? <clears throat> I have got a crushing headache. <laughs> That's my morning. I am just I just a crushing headache. Not feeling a hundred percent. Not at all. Uh, let's see what else you guys have been talking about this morning as I go roll let me roll back through the chats good morning good morning good morning heard the family of the bear he killed put a hit out on him that must have been Al gross the bear the bear doctor the bear killer he killed a bear with his bare hands um uh planned train wreck good morning. Shelly says she's heading down the Parks Highway to Wasilla today. Come on down. It's, uh, I mean, it's nothing but blue skies. I got a little tiny crack in the curtains here in the studio. Nothing but blue skies and sunshine. Um, 
Yeah, it will do anything but stop the criminals. Yes, absolutely. If government would stop doing something, would be in a lot better shape. Exactly. That's 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 the 100% truth. We will have another pandemic and regulations based on fear. Mail-in ballots, baby. That's the real story, says Michael Chambers. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, Susie. No problem. Being a little late, you're still part of the 6 o'clock club. You showed up. That was the important part. But the point of this all is to seize the guns of free people. The perpetrators are being funded and encouraged by those who want control. Where did the kid in Texas get his guns, ammo, and new truck? His parents don't know. The reason the takeover uh, of this country did not work in the 70s is because they couldn't get the gun control legislation passed in time. I was aware of the plan back then and watched it fail back then. I mean, there's a lot of questions about... I mean, I do have a question about how this young man, I mean, did he have credit cards or something? Because that Daniel defense rifle that he was had was, I mean, that's a $4,000 rifle. <laughs> I want to know where did he, where did he, where did he get that from? <clears throat> Brian says, it sounds like I need coffee. Um, yeah, coffee probably would not be a bad thing. I don't know. Just a uh, little bit run down today. A little bit run down and... There's a guy inside my head trying to kill me. I got COVID-42, says Rick. All right. Money is one hell of a drug. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Here in McCarthy, I have the opportunity to speak to Australians and the consequences of a gun-free society. They didn't like curfews. Yeah. Oh, man. You see, I've seen some of the videos in Australia. That's not a place I'd want to be right now. I used to kind of think of Australia as, you know, a, 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 one of the freer places in the world. Not anymore. Not based on what I've seen. Bill says, try a shot of good bourbon. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got to be 5 p.m. somewhere. On the opposite side of the world. Um, what kind of go juice you drink in this fine morn? Usually I have coffee. I didn't have any coffee this morning, but that, that, no, that's not it. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I was a little, it was a little like hammered dog crap when I got up out of bed this morning. So that was just the beginning. But was the beginning but i do have the nice deep voice for this morning so welcome to the program all right like and share like and share uh don't forget you can check us out on patreon uh if you'd like to become a member of the common sense Corps and help support the show uh just go over there and you can get access to the private facebook page and uh coffee and <coughs> All kinds of stuff. That's a reminder to shut my pie hole. You ready to go? I have the onset of monkey. You guys are wishing all kinds of great stuff on me. All right, here we go. Like, share, follow. Let's do it.
Jeez, I don't I don't know if you should jump into the I don't know if you should jump into the chat room. I mentioned to them that I have a bit of a headache and was a little feeling a little under the weather and immediately everybody says I've got monkeypox and COVID-42 and I mean I don't know. This is man. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um all right, we've got uh, we got more coming up. Um, here in a little bit, we're going to be talking with uh, Mayor Charlie Pierce, who is also a candidate for governor. And uh, we're going to be talking with him. We're also, um, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm answering a, I'm answering a question uh, from a guest. Uh, we're also going to be uh, working on some others as well, and we're going to open up the phone lines. We'll open up those phone lines, and uh, we'll take some calls from you on some of the other questions that are going on uh, in your minds or, or discussions or talking points or topics that you want to hit on. Um, the answer uh, that was asked yesterday is in. The question yesterday was, what's going to happen now that Al Gross has unexpectedly withdrawn from the U.S. House race? In this, our first year of ranked choice voting um, and of ranked choice voting and jungle primaries with our new ballot measure to election system that was instituted uh, for the first time this year. And the question was, okay, Al Gross unexpectedly withdraws from the race with just a few days before the certification. And uh, what... Uh, what you know? What happens now? Because his his uh, verbiage and his intent was that he said, "Oh, there's two great Native women in the race, and you've got something to choose to choose from." And of course, it was confirmed later on that he was talking about Tara Sweeney and Mary Peltola, who uh, are two Alaska Native women who are running for U.S. House. Uh, one is. Uh, Republican and one is a Democrat. The problem is, is that uh, according to the law as written, the person that steps out of the race, they, that withdraws from the race, needs to do so, and we touched on this just a little bit yesterday, but it's confirmed today, that the, uh, that the withdrawal needs to happen 65 days ahead of the election that they're withdrawing from. And Gail Fanumiai, director of the Division of Elections, uh, confirmed that because the withdrawal occurred less than 64 days before the scheduled August 16th special election, that Tara Sweeney will not, repeat, will not move up on the ballot and in fact, in ranked choice voting, you will only have a choice of three candidates. Now, what does that mean for? Because this is this whole thing is like, well, wait, um, you know, Sweeney is kind of is in Murkowski's camp. She has had jobs and everything else with the federal government and. Her husband has worked in Murkowski's office, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the orbit around Murkowski right now. 
and it was pretty clear that she was going to be that kind of, you know, she she was kind of a, she was Murkowski's choice is what I'm trying to say. And so was this a ploy to try and get her into that and they just miscounted? They just didn't, uh, they just didn't know uh, because this is pretty unusual. I mean, Gross had a pair. I mean, he had a fairly substantial lead um, uh, over Peltola as a nonpartisan. Uh, but even together, their numbers even together can't um, outright, uh, you know, fight off uh, both Sarah Palin and Nick Baggage, who between the two of them have almost enough votes. Uh, I mean, that's almost 50 percent of the votes right there. Um, and it's, uh, it's an interesting position. I mean, if this was an attempt to somehow just lever her into the four way into the, into the four top four, it's very clumsy because again, the, the law is pretty clear on the timeline and everything. And so if this was an attempt to do that, uh, where they wanted to get Tara and, uh, you know, in the top four so that she and then Lisa could join at the hip and say, we're going to work together to make Alaska beautiful or whatever. I mean, this is very clumsy, very, very clumsy. And I love how Suzanne Downing uh, over at Must Read uh, uh, talks about talks about this whole uh, breakdown uh, without actually pointing fingers or naming names, as she did in a previous article. Um she basically said, uh, you know, that this looks like, uh, if nothing else, that this looks like this is a outcome of what they call opposition research. That over the weekend, I mean, he was doing fine. He was doing great. Al Gross was just, he just accepted the, the support of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, of the IBEW. And had promised to fight for them. And he and his wife were out drinking a beer at a brewery at some kind of meet and greet and event the next day. And then suddenly on Monday, we've decided it is with great pride. We're, we're out, baby. We're out. And uh, what's going on? What happened? This uh, seems like something was kind of waiting in the wings waiting in the wings as to what was going on. But, um, yeah, the bottom line is, it's just Bert Stedman. Uh, the bottom line is, is that the, according to the division of elections, those top four slots, one of them is going to remain blank. Gross's name will be removed as requested from the ballot. Uh, she cited, uh, I cited Alaska statute, which says if a candidate nominated at a primary election withdraws after the election, after the primary election and 64 or more days before the general election, the vacancy shall be filled by the director by replacing the withdrawn candidate with a candidate who received the fifth most votes in the primary election. I mean, that again, this is why I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. This is language from ballot measure number two that Scott Kendall wrote. And yet we were hearing that Scott Kendall may have been the architect of pulling Al Gross's, you know, Al Gross's putting his fat in the fire, so to speak, 
And, I mean, you wrote the thing. You would think you'd be able to count 64 days to realize that's not what was going to happen. The interesting part about this whole thing, and this was all in a letter, by the way, to Nick Baggage's campaign. His attorney had basically filed for – had asked for clarification on this. Fanumiai said that any party wishing to challenging uh, wishing to challenge her ruling should do so quickly because the division – requires a final determination by uh, from the courts by noon on June 28th in order to print the ballots in time to meet the state and the federal deadlines and keep the special general election on schedule to be combined with the regular August 16th primary. So she invited, if you're going to sue us, sue us now. Do it now. So, uh, yeah, this <laughs> Interesting times, my friend. Interesting, interesting times. But uh, so, yeah, so I don't know exactly what's going to happen because I, I don't think that Sweeney, uh, excuse me, I don't think that Peltola in and of herself is going to have enough horsepower. Uh, if if Sweeney was in the race, she may be able to peel off enough moderate Republicans or uh, Republicans uh, uh, in general, that she could have either given Peltola a chance or diluted the voter pool much more. But now this is basically going to be down to, you know, who I think who gets picked the the most in second place. I don't know. I, maybe Sarah Palin takes the whole thing by storm. I, I have no idea at this point. But I think that. Uh, I think that this was a misstep. I really do. I don't know exactly. I still don't know exactly what was happening. Um, miscounting uh, 64 is an amateur's mistake. What if three candidates is part of the plan? Asked Chris on Twitch. That's, it's possible. I just, I can't see all the pieces from here. So I'm trying to figure out what is the benefit. And maybe if you see something, you should call in and give us a, give us a, uh, give us a ring and tell us what you think. But I mean, Having it be Palin and Baggage and Peltola without Gross there, what is the advantage? Well, I guess the advantage is is that all the Democratic candidates now or Democratic-leaning candidates will join the one registered D on the ballot, which would be uh, Mary Peltola. But where does it there's still not enough combined votes to overcome either Baggage or Palin in that regard. I don't know. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's something that I'm just obviously not seeing. Obviously not seeing here. But we'll 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 have to take a, a look at it here, and maybe we'll get some more expert analysis from somebody who uh, who who does that for a living. Um, don't forget, we're going to open up the phone lines right now at 907-433-3150, 907 3150 powered by our friends over there at Satellite West. You can find out more about them at SatelliteWest.com. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say on this, and uh, we appreciate you you know, jumping in and, and jumping on board. Uh, if you would like to sound off on this or any other uh, topic that we've got going on this morning feel free to do so uh, mayor charlie pierce is going to be joining us at the top of the hour 
at 7.05, and uh, we'll be talking with him for a brief period of time. And we may be getting some other candidates uh, or other uh, elected officials on board as well to talk with us about what else is going on in the state. Maybe one of them has a better theory as to what's going on with all this as well. Um, even, even focusing all the Democratic votes on a single candidate. I mean, we can do the math here, folks. This is not, this is not that hard. I mean, if we've got 161,000 votes and you combine all the votes from the D's um, and, the, uh, and the independents and everything else, there's still not enough there's still not enough votes to overcome that because you're also adding in all the votes from the Republicans, right? The Republicans as well. Um, I mean, Tara Sweeney's votes will have to go somewhere. Almost 10,000 votes there. Coghill, Revac, Halcrow, uh, although marginally Republican. Uh, maybe some of those split off. Maybe some of Halcrow's votes split off to Peltola. I don't know. But I don't think that there is enough other votes to completely um, overcome the the head start by either Baggage or Palin. Or maybe we'll be shocked right down to our socks and discover this is what ranked choice voting was all about. That maybe it does catapult that underdog character into the we just don't know until everything takes place we just don't know i can look at the math and see i can't see how the math works out any other way but having never having never gone on uh, having never gone through this before we, this is all new this is all new ball game right here for us here all right uh we're coming up uh on the break and we need to uh pay a few bills And we will uh, continue. The Michael Luke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Check us out on Facebook. Don't forget to uh, download the podcast. Find out. Oh, by the way, just did some. I just got a notification. 257,000 downloads of the podcast in the last year. Thank you for that support. You can find it on Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, everywhere i'll be back with more of the michael luke show common sense radio if you missed the show you can listen to it on your time with dukes on demand oh and it's free like america used to be Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Yeah, that kind of blew me away. I got a notification. Excuse me. I got a notification um, from my hosting service for the podcast that we had... uh, 257,000 downloads in the last year of the podcast. That's a lot. (laughs) Let me put it this way. I have already, but I have already exceeded 2021's 
listenership with 2022 already. We're not even through June, and I have already, we're right up on all of 2021's listenership in June already. We will do nearly twice uh, the number of downloads that we've done. It's it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. Now, um, who wants to sponsor the podcast? That's the question. Any businesses out there want to get their get their earballs in front of two hundred and fifty thousand people, mostly Alaskans? Let me know. That's a sig- <laughs> that's a significant number. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, but can I get a thousand listeners? Can I get a thousand subscribers on Facebook? Um, please. Can I get a thousand subscribers on Facebook or on uh, YouTube? That's I just I'm trying to get it to the next level. Difficult. If you haven't subscribed to the and that was a whole that was a whole rant, in in a way in an attempt to get you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do. Who changed my? That that is. That is irritating. There we go. Uh, if uh, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, would you do so? I get 300 subscribers now. 300 subscribers. Uh, I've got almost 4,000 subscribers on Facebook, but I can't get 800 of them to come on over to YouTube and subscribe over there as well. Maybe they just don't YouTube. I, maybe I don't. I don't know. But I need to get up to the thousand mark to move forward. And thank you, Susie. If you already have gone over there, thank you. Thank you. I'm not criticizing those of you who have already gone over there. I'm not even criticizing those of you who haven't. I'm just saying, please, please. Um, Isn't Twitch easier to get to the next level? Yeah, but Twitch is harder for people who are non-gamers to understand. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Twitch is a, it's a it's a harder thing, and YouTube has a broader appeal overall with the general public. Um, I added Twitch because I like Twitch, but again, most 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 people are not Twitch friendly. Let's just put it that way. Um, all right. I'm just thinking here. What else do I got here? All this whole story result. I know it's just me in here, but says Chris. And you've just proven my point, Chris. I mean, I know what Twitch is. You know what Twitch is. Does any of the other 55 people in the chat room and another 20, another 13 on YouTube, do any of those people, so do the 68, 70 people... Does anybody else know what Twitch is? Probably not. So there you go. I don't even know what pledging the what the Prime Sub does since I'm not up to any kind of level. I don't know if it goes anywhere. But I'm on Twitch. I prefer watching on Facebook for the comments, but I can use Twitch no problem. Well, you don't. You can use whatever platform you want, Jerica. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. I was trying to give it more. No. No.
Nope, don't do Twitch. Sounds like a me. Sounds like a me. me? Sounds like a meth. Oh, I was like, what? Sounds like a meth problem. Twitch TV is definitely not a meth problem. Uh, yeah. And uh, we are going to talk with Chris Story uh, today uh, as well. Uh, yes. Oops. Um, sorry. Hold on, guys. I just accidentally mistexted uh, to the wrong person here. I hated. Uh, okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, have enough of time keeping up with Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, Twitter, Truth. Oh, my God. Who's got time for all that? I ain't got time for any of that. Here we go. Like and share, like and share, like and follow, do the things, do the YouTube and the Facebook things and all that stuff, and let's get on with it. Here we go. Okay, so uh, one final segment of the show here, of the the show for this hour. <laughs> uh, can you tell I'm not 100% with it this morning? Could you tell I am just not, um, I'm just not, uh, I'm just not with it um, quite as much as I should be this morning. So, apologies. Charlie Pierce will be joining us at the top of the hour. We'll be talking with him for just a little bit uh, about uh, his gubernatorial campaign and uh, some of the dirty politics that apparently have been being waged by folks. So that's uh, coming up. Uh, We've got Chris Story coming up at the end, about an hour from now. Chris Story will be joining us. And... um, we might have Tuckerman Babcock call in. Maybe that'll be the thing to do. Maybe we ask Tuckerman. I just see he's popped up into the chat room. Um, uh, and maybe he wants to come on at uh, 723 or whatever it is right after the break. And we can take him up uh, before we get to Chris' story. Um, so um, if he's if he's willing and able, he's only learning about this right now because he's listening to it as we speak. But maybe we talk to Tuckerman because we haven't talked to him in, uh, in a bit as well. Um, so we would have a full raft of uh, guests for hour two. That would be kind of a fun round robin with three different. Uh, it'd be like the Peninsula Hour. Charlie Pierce, Tuckerman Babcock, Chris Story. Sure, why not? Okay. Uh, anyway, great, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, all right. F- phone number to call. If you would like to participate this morning and talk with us about, uh, well, the election race, your thoughts on the ranked choice voting. If you still have questions about ranked choice voting, 
I mean, that was my thing earlier that I was talking to people about. It was like uh, we talked about we talked about it a lot yesterday that, you know, uh, maybe I should just do the maybe this is the opportunity to do the rundown one more time on how this next election is going to lay out. Uh, because people, I think, at the end were still confused yesterday. There were still comments in the chat room that was like, what? What the, the what? Because it is, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, I would say that, first of all, the whole thing was frustrating to begin with because it fundamentally changes the whole way we vote normally in a normal election cycle. And then on top of that, uh, Don Young passing away and opening up that seat for the U.S. House has totally thrown everything into a complete and total kerfluffle, right? So maybe... Maybe we break it down one more time. Maybe we, I mean, do we just break it down every time we have a spare moment to talk about it? Maybe. How else are people supposed to? Because the division of elections sure as hell isn't doing what they need to do to educate people on how this whole system works. But we we built the website. We built the website and we we sent out mailers. Of course, we've done everything we can possibly do because we, we made a website. Uh, what? <laughs> you made a web... Well, great. I'm glad you made a website. How am I supposed to find it? How do I know? How do... If I'm not paying attention, if I'm not really politically inclined, how do I know that there's a change? Right? I mean, I didn't get a... I know a lot of people got the postcard that the that the state sent out. They sent out a postcard about ranked choice voting that had the website address. Great. Okay, good. Um, how about doing a, I mean, you're doing a blitz for everything else. You're doing a blitz for, uh, you know, for uh, getting the, the vaccine and, and things for drunk driving and for road safety and doing all this. You're spending money on all that. How about spending a little money on educating people on the complete and total change to the voting system? How about dropping a few million bucks in that? I'm just wondering, maybe that would be a good idea. I mean... To fulfill that obligation or not, because, you know, what will happen is people will be so pissed off they'll want to revoke and repeal SB, uh, excuse me, uh, ballot measure number two. Maybe that's what it's going to take. All right, let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say on this before I get into it, because it just makes me angry uh, over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? That's Terry calling from Kodiak. Hello, Terry. Uh. Yeah, I'm just uh, really, really uh, not excited about the election. I, I have really uh, misgivings about it. Um, ranked choice voting. I, I just remember years ago, uh, the word on the street was, "Do not uh, in, introduce uh, any too many candidates into an election. It's just gonna muddy the waters uh, and make." Uh, the disaster uh, results, and uh, I, I, I'm really surprised that this ranked choice voting went through. And uh, I, I just remember Joseph Stalin's quote: uh, 
he said that it's not so much uh, the way an election begins, it's it's who counts the votes. The counting of the votes right. is, is the key. Right, and who counts I, the votes in the end, right. I remember when the, I remember, uh, when, when the uh, presidential election was going on here in uh, Kodiak, they had everybody using Sharpies, and then right after uh, the fiasco hit, <laughs> when uh, Trump supposedly won, and then no, he didn't, and uh, all that came down, uh, the news was that Sharpies were the worst possible things people were supposed to not use them. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and, again, this is a whole problem with the division of elections to begin with. Again, I mean, I think that when your whole job is to take care of, run, and educate the public on elections, the fact that we've completely revamped the election system and going from a standard traditional one person, one vote to a jungle primary and a ranked choice voting system and everything else. I mean, you would think that they would maybe want to do some kind of public outreach campaign that reached people at the broadest level. You know, like you do digital and radio and television and those kind of things instead of just trying to stick a mailer in everybody's box. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't that make sense to you, Terry? Yeah, uh, there, there was a lot of uh, people that were not surprised that, uh, I, I don't know if it's finally, uh, the Division of Election has finally certified the election, but when we heard at first that they hadn't because there was so many uh, rejected ballots, we none of us uh, in my circle of friends were at all surprised. We just right. Well, they don't. Yeah. Really about this whole ranked choice voting. <laughs> well, they don't. They don't certify the election to the twenty fifth. We knew that from the very beginning that they wouldn't be certifying it until June twenty fifth, um, and uh, that it, it was coming through. There is a high number of rejected ballots, but most of those are from the rural communities, and they're not. Um, uh, you know, the the rejection rate in most of the urban areas is much lower. And overall, the rejection rate is only slightly higher. But again, when you look at it, almost an 18, 19% rejection rate for some of these villages, that definitely ought to raise your ire and uh, raise your eyebrows. But it's not unexpected. We knew that with this, again, mail-in, full mail-in, and the fact that there was 48 candidates on 100, we knew it was going to take longer than normal. So we already knew that the drop-dead date was going to be the 25th of June. So that's no secret. That's not a surprise. But... I get your point, Terry. Thank you for calling in. Uh, let's go over here. we got time for one more quick call. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, Robin from Fairbanks. Hello, Robin. What's on your mind? Um, as a Republican in the primary, I want to vote only for Republicans. What is people's problem with the parties voting the Republicans? I mean, I want the Democrats to vote for the Democrat. Why do people have an issue with, you know, why do they want to pick the best candidate? Why don't they want to pick their party? Well, I mean, I think that's uh, that's one of the biggest questions. I think this whole thing was per- pushed forward. Scott Kendall did not want to have Murkowski having to face another primary candidate challenger uh, that was only Republicans on Republicans because uh, she would have lost, I'm pretty sure. 
uh, after her censure and everything else, I'm pretty sure that Murkowski would have lost. So this was a way to bypass that. Now, the Republicans closed their primaries, uh, you know, I don't know, was it 10 years ago, 15 years ago? They closed their primaries. They used to have open primaries where anybody, you could walk in and choose any ballot regardless of your affiliation. But what they found was that the Democrats were were taking, because they only usually had one candidate, they were taking the Republican ballots and voting in, trying to vote in the weaker of the two Republican candidates. So that's when they closed the whole thing. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, the the whole point here, uh, essentially, Robin, is that they want to – uh, is that they? This was all about protecting Lisa Murkowski. I, I'm sorry, that's just uh, kind of how it goes. This was all about protecting Lisa Murkowski, so she would not have to face another Joe Miller situation where she was not the Republican candidate and have to do another write-in because they know she's done at this point. They they, they know it. This was the only way to get it to work. All right, folks, we got to go. Hour two, dead ahead. Charlie Pierce up next, Kenai Peninsula Borough Mayor. Okay. We can complain, but the reality is we're stuck with the system for now. If you want to change the system, we need to have a greater presence in the system. Sowing seeds of apathy is not the answer. Getting more involved is the solution. I don't think Brian's wrong. Uh, And that doesn't translate to the vote harder mantra, but... You know, it is frustrating. It is frustrating for sure. I think it's a good thing that candidates need to win broad appeal, said Chris. Well, I agree. And I'm not even necessarily opposed to the idea of a jungle primary. um, Opening it up to everybody. Um, or maybe at least on, and even if it was on a party basis, uh, you know, that anybody can throw their name in the ring. Um, but the parties, you know, those are basically, those are social clubs and they should be able to decide which candidates that they want to nominate. I think that's the biggest thing is taking, you know, it must be frustrating for party candidates to see that because, That's the thing. Who do we want to represent us? Let's choose among ourselves who we want to represent us. Oh, no. We're going to be choosing amongst everybody who we want to represent us? That kind of throws a whole whole, uh, hitch in the get-along, right? I mean, that's a a tougher deal. So I kind of hate to see that. Um, Very, very frustrating. Uh, Charlie Pierce uh, is uh, on the line with us right now, I guess, getting ready to join us. Are you there? Yes, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good, good. We're about uh, four minutes away from rejoining the radio show uh, okay. and uh, rejoining on the radio. How's the? Why don't you give us a quick campaign update before we dive into everything else here? What uh, What's happening, uh, uh, what's happening uh, in, in the campaign? How are things going? Good, good. I think uh, things are actually warming up a little bit, right? It's been qu- pretty quiet and... Uh, uh, certainly, I've tried to uh, stay out of the way, and uh, I'm 
and get my points across as to what um, our party or our group or team can do for Alaskans. And uh, I think I'm getting the message out there that uh, and it's it's resonating with some folks. Good, good. Well, it's definitely, um, you know, it's interesting because, uh, I mean, I've seen some articles and 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 now you're finally getting uh, uh, you're finally getting mentioned in some of the articles as a potential candidate because in some cases it was like, oh yeah, the here's the guy you know it's this guy and this guy and this guy and well wait, <laughs> why don't you mention Charlie Pierce? I mean he's uh, he's a viable candidate, and now I see at least that they're starting to uh, to uh, to to name drop you as well in those situations, and that I guess that means something, right? Right. I think that, uh, again, I think our names are reaching the far points, the far reaches of Alaskans. And, and uh, that's, our, that's our, our motive. Our, our intention is to make sure that uh, if you live in Alaska, that you hear about uh, our, our desire to provide services in the state. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more and more. Now you've been getting around the state as well, right? You've been doing a lot of stuff around sure. the state. Yeah, we're traveling a lot. We'll be in Ketchikan this, uh, uh, this, this next week. We're going to, we're going to go down this weekend and, and spend some time in Ketchikan and, and, uh, we've been to Fairbanks a few times and we've been to Toke. We've been to Kodiak. Uh, I met Carlene over in Kodiak. What a very nice pleasant lady to visit with there in Kodiak and and uh I mean a very very uh in tune and dialed up individual there Carlene and and uh but no very good and you know what uh, the interesting thing is the good weather has followed us all through the state oh uh, we've had great weather and it's a beautiful day down here on the peninsula today it's a uh, um, another beautiful day Charlie Pierce, uh, we're about to uh, rejoin. I'm going to put you on hold here for a minute, and we will take you. Uh, uh, we we go to break again at about 20 after. Is that going to work for you? I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I, I good. Have a meet at the bottom of the hour. After. Okay. Good. All right. Well, we'll take you right to about 20 after, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. Uh, because Tuckerman Babcock's going to be coming on right after you, so we got to—it's good. We're 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 juggling some stuff this morning, and it's all worked out. Charlie Pierce, uh, we're going to uh, we're going to continue on. Sean says something that I agree with, um, and I'm a, I'm a little torn on here. We've only got about a minute before we got to rejump, but here he says there's a reason they almost banned political parties in the Constitution, and you know what, Sean, I don't think you're wrong. That's why I'm so torn on this. I don't like the idea of you know taking people's choices away from them in the terms of what they're doing as political parties and, and taking that out of their hands. But at the same time, the two-party dichotomy has kind of gotten us where we are right now. We do need some fresh blood and some new stuff in there. So yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not, you're not wrong. Um, on that regard, ask Charlie, if elected governor, will he do something about this feckless bunch of people on the board of fisheries, replacing the people who work to get our king runs back? We'll talk to Charlie about the fish runs and uh, dragging and everything else, I'm sure. We'll uh, see if we can get into that as quickly as we can. Um, but we're also going to talk about some of the attacks on him by some of the Republican establishment and everything else. So it's going to be a busy, busy 10, 12 minutes. All right. 
hold the line. We guys ready to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Let's get into it. Charlie Pierce, our guest, up next. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs and around the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator, it is The Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live hour two of The Big Radio Show and a full boat of guests here in hour two, starting off right now uh, with Charlie Pierce. Then we're going to have Tucker Bitt Babcock running for the state senate and finally Chris Story, the man from Homer, who uh, is going to come on for our weekly life coaching lesson. Uh, we start off, though, with Charlie Pierce, Kenai Peninsula Borough Mayor and candidate for governor. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Uh, good. I'm doing really well this morning, Michael. Maybe perhaps we should have started off with Chris and had the, <laughs> had the lesson, had the lesson plan first. No, um, no. See what we need Chris for is he's for the cleanup after we've been all bloodied and beaten down about <laughs> the nastiness of politics. We need somebody to yeah. reach down and pick us up off the ground. That's why we always bring Chris on at the end because we need I know that. that when I talk to Chris, I always feel better after I've talked to him. Yeah. See. No, he's a, uh, yeah, he's pretty, pretty, pretty solid cat. So we love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Mayor, we've got uh, you know we've got some we got a little bit of time here, not a whole lot. So first and foremost, um, I you know I, I asked you how the campaign was going during the break, and you said you're getting more traction, you're getting more people recognizing and name recognition. That's all good, but you're also getting some pushback, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on this morning because I'm seeing the press releases from various candidates and other things, and uh, you know politics has gotten a little dirty. Uh, and, uh, and it seems like if you've got a skeleton in their closet, no matter how much you've already aired out the closet and shown the skeleton to everybody and everything else, other people seem to want to drag it through the street and just keep going on. And, uh, I think that means that you're affecting something. I think that's the good sign. Right. Uh, but tell us, yeah, uh, tell us what's going on. They say bad news can be good news too. Yeah. So, uh, some of the marketers out there say, you know, just because you got bad news out there, it could be very, very good for you as well. Right. I would say that, yeah, I'm doing a lot of things right. And I, I first and foremost want to thank my team if they're listening and, uh, and encourage them to stay the course, uh, you know, focus on the issues and let's tell Alaskans what we can do for them and how we're going to serve 
the people of Alaska and let's let's focus on the issues. That's kind of where I'm I'm going to go with my campaign. I, you know, I don't want to get in the trenches or into the ditches, but uh, you know, um, I'm clearly not. I'm tough skin. I'm thick skin. So if you want to throw some rocks at me, go ahead and do it. But uh, yeah, chances are they're they're probably not going to have a, a great effect. Well, I mean, I and, and I I love that. I mean, again, it's a badge of honor. As soon as people start throwing tomatoes at you, you realize it's because you've stuck your head up above the crowd. You know what I mean? Um, and and I think that's what people were seeing is they were seeing Charlie Pierce getting some traction um, and kind of uh, you know there there are a couple other Republican candidates, but they're they're not really. There's nothing really different. Charlie seems to have the difference, uh, and and you know, Team Pierce and and uh, Grunwald have a difference here, and I think that's what people are seeing, and I think that scares the hell out of the establishment, especially if they're the ones that want to try and control things from the sidelines. Well, what I'd say, my voice today is to the people of Alaska: pay close attention to the individuals that are running and that actually have some experience. And that's what I'd ask people to focus on and think about. Do you want someone running your state that can actually produce some results? Or do you want somebody that spends a whole lot of time talking uh, in the world of rhetoric? And um, Alaska's, I I think myself, I, I look at why I'm in this race. And the reason I'm in this race is because I'm tired of hearing all the rhetoric about what we're going to do and what we should do and what we can do. And, and then it never happening. And yeah. uh, how, how many more years do you want to wait? And are you going to, are you going to let something happen by accident? Or are you going to, will there be uh, intention or, or, or strong desire, or any urgency to fix anything and look around you. There, right. there is no urgency in Alaska to fix anything. Well, Charlie, let me take you into the Wayback Machine here for just a second and and just look at the history of Alaska's governors. You know, this has always been my fear because we look at the history and just just really even in the last 15 years, you know, uh, we start off with, uh, well, I mean, we could start off with Sarah Palin. That whole thing ends in disappointment because, uh, you know, of this continual you know, blasting of uh, of Palin in office and the records request and the ethics violations and everything else. You know, she wants to do something. She shifts her focus to the national stage, becomes this target, and then falls apart and has to leave. You know, we see uh, uh, Parnell really not delivering on a lot of the things. Really, just care care keep keeping uh, caretaking. Uh, then we see Walker making promises that a lot of us believed in. We thought, oh, this will this could be good. Then he completely turns around once he's in office and does something completely different, and in this case takes the PFD. And then we've got most recently Mike Dunleavy, who made a lot of promises about running to fight for the full PFD, for a structured budget, for doing all these things. He starts off strong, gets his hand slapped hard, and then turns around and changes and does nearly nothing for any of those things that he promised to be. So this is my fear, Charlie. And like you said, it's a lot of the rhetoric that we hear in the campaigns. I'm going to go in and do this, this, and this. And by year two, you realize most of them are not going to do any of those things. They're not even going to fight for them. It's not that they're – if you went in there and fought for those things, I would respect that. But when you say it and then you get in there and you kind of roll over and wet on yourself and then you're like, I'm just not going to try any of those things because it's big and scary – that's the frustration factor. Is that what you're talking about? I mean, is that what you're hoping to uh, uh, fight against? It is. Uh, you look at, I think, Dunleavy's 
team, had he stuck together with his original team, he would have seen some results because it takes some time for a team to gel and to work together and to figure out their places and to go to work and to actually produce some results. And uh, they never had a chance to do that. I mean, they were so fragmented and broken. And, and you know, six months after he gets there, there's everybody's fallen to the fall into the fringes and, and, and being eaten inside internally. And the, the uh, organizational structure that he starts with falls apart. And I think that's the, uh, my focus will be to keep my team together, stay focused, deal with, certainly they're going to throw rocks and they're going to want to, they're going to want to eat our lunch and your lunch too. And again, you have to have uh, the vision and the ability to explain the decisions that you're making and then to stand for something. I mean, don't say it if you're not going to try to get it done. I mean, quit wasting, quit wasting our time. Right, Let's, right. Get away. There's some tough decisions that need to be made. You know, we, you've talked about the uh, legislative working group that got together. They're both sides, bipartisan group that got together and, and, and laid out a plan for Alaska and identified a lot of the problems and the solutions related to those problems. And, and yet there's no will. You hear it. You hear it from many of our legislators. There's just no will to, to do anything or to get anything done. You know, there's, there's this group that is sitting over in the corner saying, Hey, we don't need to do anything. We've got, you know, 81, $82 billion and we don't need to, there's no urgency. It's almost like we're just, uh, there's this huge, huge, wave of nothing getting nothing done and boy it just irritates me to no end i uh it is it is irritating and even you know even if you promise something and you get into office and you find out that it's impossible to accomplish at least articulating that to your to your electorate and talking to them and communicating with them that's the important part i mean you know getting the word out because a lot of times they just seem they get isolated in their ivory tower and we never hear anything else and it's it's just yeah. frustrating it is a big part of the governor's job to communicate with the people of Alaska. And that's what I'll do as governor. You will hear from me. You will hear what we're doing internally, the decisions we're making, why we're making those decisions. You know, there's, there's good news and there's bad news. And I think people can handle the bad news if they just understand why. The why is behind things. People generally ask, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? And we never hear... I would ask all Alaskans today to name five things that have happened in this state, significant things that have happened in this state in the last four years that have made a positive difference on the lives of Alaskans. Yeah, no, absolutely. Can you name four? You've been on the radio, and you probably could. I I probably could, but I I don't want to cut into the time here because we're we're down to the last four minutes here or so. So I want to talk about a couple of the issues, a couple of the big ones. The one that really came out recently, and somebody in the chat room actually asked about it, is the fisheries issue in the state of Alaska. That's becoming a bigger issue more and more and more, not just from an aspect of uh, Alaskan fishermen and commercial fishermen, but also for subsistence and for uh, Alaskans wanting to go down there and do it. What is going on, and 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 are we gonna are we gonna clear out some of the different things here to put Alaskas Alaskans first for their own resource? That's the big question. Sustainability is the key, right? And right, the only way to have sustainability is you have to practice and follow some science, is what I've been told. And and uh, what I would say is is that I think the 
individuals that are missing on the on the uh, boards are the scientists. And, you know, we've politicized the issues. We've got all of our political friends there, and they've all got strong opinions about the way it should be. And, you know, you've got special interests. And let me say, I'm going to be a governor for all fisheries. And first and foremost, I think in river where we, where we see uh, low uh, returns, I think a lot of it, we've blamed each other uh, over escapement. We've blamed overfishing. We've blamed, uh, you know, blamed all the different fishery groups. And the one that's kind of dodged the bullet, I think, along the way has been the trawler bycatch. Trawler bycatch is out there. There's no we I went to Crab Fest in Kodiak and they had no king crabs. And, and you know, look at look at the Homer halibut derbies, look at the look at Seward, look at the, the halibut that we're catching nowadays, and and look at the kings in river, the first return of King Salmon in the Kenai River, the famous Kenai River used to produce 60, 70 pound kings all day, all day long. Right. And today you'd be lucky to catch a 40 pound king and you call it a king. And yet there, there again, no urgency and no will to make the tough decisions. Right. Again. We can, well, we can point fingers at each other all the time. The problem, the bottom line is, is that if there are fewer fish and the fish continue to dwindle, we'll be pointing fingers at each other until there's no fish at all. We've That's got, right. we've got to interject something here. And, and yes, everybody will feel the pain. All the players, all the parties involved will feel the pain, commercial, subsistence, everything else. But we have to prioritize those who are trying to live and be able to protect the resource so that it's sustainable. I agree. I agree. And so what uh, you'll see for me is it's going to be about protecting the fish. It's going to be about a fish and it's not going to be about a special interest group or a specific group that, that has this strong will over, uh, others. And I, I say that I'm going to ask, uh, I'll, the commissioner, uh, will be a very well-versed and, and a very educated person on fish issues, uh, fish issues. And, and we're going to, we're going to go with science and you know, you're not going to be able to call the governor's office and, and have an emergency opening. You're going to it, it, the opening's going to happen because there's fish there that need to be caught. Right, exactly. Well, and that's refreshing. Again, let's follow the science that allows more fish to come back, and then everybody's happy. But we're right. going to but we're going to have to we're going to have to eat the broccoli before we get to dessert, so to speak. I like that. That's uh, true. Uh, Charlie Pierce, uh, our guest. Charlie, last minute here. I'll give you the final say yeah. here before I let you go. Let me just mention, you mentioned earlier this morning about a, a story that was out there uh, regarding the Kirka situation. And I want to say to the, um, the folks that I'm running against, let's keep the uh, campaign about the issues and let's focus on the issues. Let's be professionals. Let's demonstrate to Alaskans that we can be professional campaigners and uh, focus on the issues and let's tell them about what we can do. I never, ever called out any one campaign or any, any other opponent uh, on any comments that I've made. I was on the Dan Fagan show, and I did make a comment about the ARP, GOP, right. and how they are that leadership. I specifically called them out and uh, never mentioned any specific other opponent. So, um, you know, if, if, uh, if there's issues you want to talk about, my number, let me put my number out there, uh, 907-953. Zero 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 six. If you have a question about me, call me. Uh, if you want, if you have any interest in in our campaign, you want to help, call us. And uh, first and foremost, you know, I'm always willing to stand be, 
before the judge and the jury and answer the questions. And uh, uh, I've lived a good life. I've been a good dad, a good brother, good uh, good father, and I was a good husband too, uh, twice, and I still am. And and uh, and there's nothing in my portfolio that should prevent me from being a uh, an honorable servant honorably as a governor. And so I look forward to the day where I can serve you as your governor. And and uh, so we're going to keep campaigning. Charlie Pierce for Governor Charlie-2022.com. Charlie, thanks for coming on board and uh, being part of it this morning. We appreciate you uh, coming Thank on. Thank you. Have a super day. Yep, you bet. Uh, all right, Charlie Pierce, that's it for that. we got Tuckerman Babcock coming up here in the next segment. We'll have a short visit with him. And we will be back. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We return right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Okay. Okay, boy. Um, I'm scrolling backwards here. I was looking for uh, making sure that I give Tuckerman the correct. Oh, his thing is falling off the falling off the deal. Let me see here. I got to give Tuckerman the correct uh, deal. Charlie Pierce, uh, candidate for governor. I like it. Um, uh, Tuckerman, um, uh, Tuckerman, I just dropped you the, uh, I just dropped you the phone call, the, the phone number to call this morning. You know what I mean? Call it, call now. Obey. There we go. That's what I was looking for. Tuckerman Babcock, uh, joining us, uh, here, uh, this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. Great morning. You are. I'm 100%. I hope you're going to be 100% this morning. Have uh, some coffee. I, I, I'm going to have to have some coffee or something. I don't know. I'm just, you know, sometimes when you burn the candle at both ends, it gets a little bit, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a little, it, it happens. You know what it's like. It happens. Uh, it happens. You get a little bit worn down and you're like, oof, I just need a, I just need a nap or something. Um, all right. <laughs> something i'm just asking for a friend could i have a nap uh we're going to uh we're going to uh jump into this here and um i'm just i'm putting your putting your 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 uh headshot and everything else in here real quick um and uh how how are things going give us a campaign update before we jump back on the air how are things how are things looking for you well i'm enjoying the campaign and meeting people going to you know, the Nikiski summer fun days and meeting a bunch of people up there and going over to the Moose Pass Summer Solstice Festival and just I'm going to go to the Soldatna uh, Park today and it's it's just a great a great time to meet people and answer questions see what's on people's mind and boy a lot of a lot of people are just very concerned and, and angry about this ranked choice voting so that's just a a big deal. And the other big deal is they're really tired of politicians running and saying they're going to do something and then doing something else. 
I mean, that's it's 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 almost. I mean, that's the problem, Tucker. Man, is this whole? That's almost just. Uh, you know, it it's trite and true. It's almost a meme. You know that that politicians they talk and then they say one thing and then they do something else. But I mean, that's a sad statement of affairs. We really need. Um, we we really need more 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 people who will do what they say and say what they do, kind of thing. Well. I, when people ask me, and of course, and they say, well, you've been involved a long time, you know a lot of the players, and how do we know you're just not one of them? And I said, well, I could tell you, you know, I could say, look at my 40 years of involvement, look how consistent I've been personally on conservative positions, conservative values, and policy, and especially on the dividend. But the bottom line is I have 15 grandchildren, and I'm just not going to do anything to make any of them ashamed of me. Right. So, that's the best thing I can tell you. Yeah, no, I mean that. Uh, that's a pretty strong incentive, I think, for any of us that have children and grandchildren. That's a pretty strong incentive is to uh, you know is to uh, 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 you know to, to not disappoint and to make them proud. That's a hundred percent for sure. Um, hey Tuckerman, what's your new what's your what's your new district number? I forgot. It used to be O. Now what's it going to be? Is it going to be? D. D. Dukes. Okay. D for Dukes. That's that should be easy for me to remember. Supposedly, I mean, I got to write my name on my own stuff just so I can remember what my name is. But other than that, uh, all right, uh, we've got it. Uh, we got you all squared away here. You're up in the screen, and uh, we're about uh, 45 seconds out from rejoining. So hold the line, Tuckerman. I'll be right back to you, Tuckerman Babcock, uh, joining us. You can find out more about him at Tuckerman Babcock. Dot com. Dropping the link here in the uh, dropping the link here in the uh, chat room. Um, oh, it's your anniversary. Somebody just said it's happy anniversary. So happy anniversary, Tuckerman. How many years? Yesterday, uh, our seventeen years. Seven, wonderful. Seventeen years. Boy, you're a rookie, man. I'm at thirty-one. <laughs> I just, I mean, wow. Well, it, no, my, it's my second marriage. Well, the first one. It's okay. Hold the line. Hold the line. Hold the line. It's good stuff. The Michael Duke Show. All right, welcome back to the program. We're continuing now. It's like Peninsula Days. We just talked to the Kenai Peninsula Borough Mayor, Charlie Pierce, and now we're talking with candidate for Senate District. It was seat O, now it's seat D, Tuckerman Babcock. He joins us this morning to talk about his campaign and how things are going and everything else, and he joins us right now. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you on board. Thank you for uh, thank you for being part of it. All right, uh, Tuckerman, uh, we only got a few minutes here this morning, but I did want to just kind of get an update from you on the race, how things are going, what you're hearing from your constituency, what people are concerned about, um, and so um, tell me a little bit about what's what's going on and what's happening. Well, it's it's kind of surprising, but the first thing on people's minds and what I've been asked to. I go to different groups to speak about and speaking at the spoken at the senior center and with the local realtors, but they want to know about ranked choice voting, how it's this system is supposed to work and why do we have it? And, and whoever thought of such a crazy system and 
you explained that the system was designed by an attorney and his intent was to to uh, make it easier for Senator Murkowski to somehow get through the primaries. Right. But meanwhile, the rest of Alaskans have to suffer along and it's uh, creating nothing but angst and confusion. And um, among some people, that combined with the court meddling in the elections, you know, a lot of rural Alaska was told two years ago by the court, you don't need a witness on your absentee ballot. And this year, all of a sudden you need a witness again. And so it's, it's a constant barrage undermining one of the most critical things that make our system work, which is the integrity of elections and repealing ranked choice voting is on the top of the agenda. Well, I think, and that may be done for you. I mean, Tuckerman, my prediction so far has been by the end of this election season, by November, people will be so pissed off and confused that they will demand that we go back to the one person, one vote, one ballot, that kind of thing, because they are just, again, I've explained it to people. I've talked to people who voted yes on on ballot measure two and said, and and explained to them what it was. And they're like, well, that's not it. No, it was just to take away dark. Don't you, they just didn't even understand. They were bamboozled at this point. And yeah, so not, not, not surprising that it's near the top of the list. I am surprised that it's the top of the list, but I'm not surprised that it's, you know, in the top three or four things that's going on. Well, I think it's because they have this extra special election uh, that also doubled up. We used to have one, if we had a, a vacancy in Congress, we had one special election and and the ballot measure two people created two. So it's millions and millions of dollars in wasted money and two completely different approaches to elections. You go and have 48 candidates, you vote once, then you narrow it down to four, and you vote four times. It makes no sense to anybody. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and again, even having explained it, and this the August 16th one is going to be the real train wreck because you'll have both the jungle primary and the ranked choice on the same ballot, and you'll be voting for the same seat twice, once as a special general, once as a primary. It, I mean, it's yeah, it's a hot mess, so it, it's going to be difficult. Well, it's, it's interesting. It, it's, you know, my I do have an opponent. There, there's no Democrat running. I do have an opponent, and and he's, he was a big supporter of ranked choice voting, uh, even wrote an article in the Clarion about how wonderful it was going to be. So I'll leave him to speak about why uh, ranked choice voting is such a great idea. But the uh, after we get through the millions of dollars in this uh, process, I think repealing it either by initiative or by the legislature will be a straightforward enterprise. The other the other thing that, that people are talking about is there's a lot of fear and anxiety about the economy and the future of the permanent fund. And a lot of that's also related to beyond Alaska, it's to what Joe Biden's doing at the federal level and what the the all Democrat uh, majority in Washington is doing to this country's economy mm-hmm. and and to Alaska in particular. And you know that's I can be uh, yeah I can disagree with people. That's right. That's what's going on. And we need to have a strong group of people who do what they say they're going to do. I I've told a couple of my children uh, they're still willing to vote Republican and be involved, but they said. You know, if, if the Republicans get elected and don't do what they promise, we really don't know what's going to happen next. And that's that's something I've over 40 years of helping uh, candidates run, helping introducing people to the civic affairs of self-government, always emphasize with candidates. You get to choose what you're going to campaign on. Follow through on what you campaign on. 
it's critical to our system working. It's critical to minimizing cynicism. And one, one reason that I'm kind of coming out of retirement to run is to bring that leveling expertise that I've built up over 40 years of we're going to work together. We're going to do what we say we're going to do. And we are going to resolve these issues and move forward. And we're going to talk about it. Then we're going to vote and we're going to move on to the next issue. Enough of this absolute stalemate and chaos. I listened to you and Brad talk about the, uh, the brick wall of budget cuts. And so now, you know, Brad's talk, Keithley is talking about, well, we have to do the taxes because we just can't get the budget cuts. And that's, and I understand that that's exactly what the players over the years have done, but we have an opportunity through redistricting and retirements and maybe some def- defeats at incumbents that we can really set a new group of players and maybe have a chance to do it on our own yeah. without tax. Well, I mean, I think that's the, the problem here again is, and, and I think we've identified it, is that there is no political will right now to cut. There, there's just no political will to to cut substantively into the state budget. Uh, we saw the governor, you know, make his play in 2018 and just get shellacked by every special interest and and you know everybody out there. Uh, and he pulled way back and and never never attempted anything like that again. Unfortunately, what we really need is somebody who's willing to take those things, the slings and arrows, and do what needs to be done, because otherwise we're not going to be able to reach that sustainable level and the permanent fund will be at risk and will be at risk for future taxation as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to be just one of 20, so I don't want to overpromise, but I am going to take the hard positions. I have no special interest except the people I'm representing in Alaska and I'm, I'm retired and I, there's no particular special interest group, except the only interest group that I care about are is the constitutional rights, especially the Second Amendment. And so those those are uncompromising positions. But everything else we need to we need to move forward in a conservative way to set the stage. And it can't just be budget cuts. It also has to be repealing some of the laws and some of the programs that give rise to ever increasing state spending. We have right. to fight at the root of it, not just uh, do the across the four or five percent. Right. It can't just be cut. I mean, spending reform. There's a difference between spending reform and spending cuts. We need both. We need both. We need to cut, but we also need to reform spending. We need to open up uh, some of the formula funding so that those items are brought to light every year and they, along with every other thing, have to justify their existence. That should be part of it. Uh, I mean, we really should be looking more at a zero-based budgeting kind of concept uh, and look at the state audits and the CAFRs and everything else and, and analyze where this money's going, what's going on, how many different buckets of money are there just sitting out there not being used or not being handled properly. And and I think if we had a comprehensive exam of that, we could come up with some kind of fiscal plan that would help. And we need, we need people in the legislature who will support a governor that does that. We do. And I can tell you that nothing was more shocking to me than the complete abandonment of budget cuts and responsible government that was led by Kathy Giesel when she was Senate president and that her intransient opposition to trying to do anything to fix the problems uh, led to her crushing defeat, of course, in 2020. But it was a, it was a, it was a surprise to me. I've known her a long time and to have her just reflexively oppose everything to bring responsible budgeting to the forefront. Cause you know, Donna Ardwin, when she was brought in and 
and led the charge to analyze our state spending patterns and our program patterns. There are very few people that I've ever run across in 40 years with a knowledge base and ability of someone like Donna Ardwin and, uh, and the way she was treated by the uh, legislature in particular was, was so parochial, so small minded. Absolutely. And uh, you take that. And then now we have following her, we have another incredible person with an incredible background who would represent Alaska amazingly in the, in the U S Senate is Kelly Shabaka. Right. And it's, uh, I, I've told people I wear my Shabaka button and I put my signs up next to Shabaka whenever I can. And I say, you know, my race, of course, is important and it means a lot to the Kenai and to Alaska, but really it doesn't mean as much as Kelly Shabaka running for the U.S. Senate and the change that can come there. Right. No, it's been it's been uh, horrific. You know, the. You had a diamond. You had a diamond in the rough, so to speak, with Donna, and uh, and you know it's just like one of those things where they kill the messenger instead of listening to the message, instead of looking at what we really need for sustainability. And you're right, the way she was treated uh, by the legislature and and some of the members was just it was astonishing. Um, we we would be lucky to have her to come you know come and work with us on this kind of stuff. So. Uh, I appreciate that for sure. Uh, final thoughts here. We're down to the last two and a half minutes or so, Tuckerman. Anything else you want to let the people know? Um, and uh, you know, let it. You know, yes. what what's your thoughts here? Well, a couple of things. I have a Matsu fundraiser with friends and family up in the Matsu, and uh, my old boss, Mayor Edna DeVries, is going to come introduce me. It's a two to four on Sunday at thirty three zero one Katie Did Circle. And uh, you can find that on our web. And then also in Anchorage, uh, having a, a fundraiser at the main event grill and 1041 East 76 from 5 to 7 on Tuesday night. And then I'll be speaking at the School of Government in Matsu uh, on Monday night. So, so those are some things coming up. And the last issue, you asked about issues and the rank choice kind of pops up because mm-hmm. it's hot right. But underlying that, uh, what Charlie Pierce was talking about with a bycatch, Right. And how many right. destroyed on the high seas, you know, the number of salmon that are reported caught and just thrown overboard and king salmon, that just makes a mockery of everything we're trying to do in Cook Inlet and the Kenai and Kasiloff rivers and the Matsu rivers. And it's, it is about the fish. It's not, I, I agree with what uh, Mayor Pierce had to say on that, that issue. We've got to get bycatch under control. I can't. Obviously, that's a mix of federal and state, and I don't want to overpromise there either. But that is definitely whatever can be done to bring bycatch under control and increase the number of fish coming home. Uh, we need to do that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Again, if there is no fish in the future, then all the people can still be looking at each other and yelling at each other. But there's no fish. The bottom line is, we've got to manage that fisheries with science. We have to prevent the bycatch from the draggers and other things, uh, and longliners and, and everything else, if possible. Do the best we can do on that, and then find a way to make it sustainable so that everybody can benefit. But even that being said. The Constitution still calls for Alaskans to have first call on those resources, so we need to keep that in mind as well as we go through. So I think that's all important stuff. 
Yes, indeed. And uh, and uh, urge everyone to stay on. Uh, Chris Story is going to give an uplifting message to everybody. He all <laughs> Now that we've talked about all the dirty politics stuff, we're ready to go <laughs> and do something different. Tuckerman Babcock, candidate, uh, uh, Tuckerman Babcock, a candidate for Senate District D now. It used to be District O, so it's down in the peninsula. You can find out more about him at TuckermanBabcock.com. Thanks for coming on this morning so uh, so quickly. I appreciate you being part of it. You bet. Thank you, Michael. All right. Uh, We're finishing up with Tuckerman, and we're going to be jumping into it now in just a hot second with our friend Chris Story. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We're going to be back with more right after this. What is that? Common sense. Regularly heard on American radio. Okay. Look at that. We're ready to go. Ready to go. One final segment coming up uh, on the show, and uh, it'll be Chris Story, the man from Homer. Um, all right. Donna is going, Donna was going to upset their apple cart. The fat cat political criminals, also known as legislators, couldn't have that. Dunleavy did nothing to help. He has become more and more of a disappointment as time goes by. I mean, again, I think that's what I was trying to uh, lay out with Charlie. I mean, look at it, really. I mean, we've had disappointment after disappointment after disappointment um, with with gubernatorial uh, leaders and candidates uh, over the last 15 years. And I definitely don't want a repeat of that. I mean, do what you say and, you know, say what you do. Walk the walk, talk the talk. That's, you know, if you're going to talk it, you got to walk it. And that's what we're looking for right now. Um, And it's good to see that Tuckerman, uh, it's good to see that, uh, you know, that uh, Machiki pulled out and that Tuckerman is now running. Uh, Jesse Bjorkman is uh, running against him. And we're going to try and get Jesse on the program as well to see what uh, his take is on all this. But, uh, yeah, there's, uh, you know, I-, I think Tuckerman's got a good shot at getting in there. And I think he would definitely be a step up um, uh, on what's going on. Um, <clears throat> let me go back here through the chat room. We've got some, uh, we've got some haterade being poured out over on, t- on YouTube. You gotta love the haters. Haters gonna hate. Um, uh, you know the problem is is that I would agree in part with some of the comments on some of these things. But uh, anyway, have you had McCarty for Chugiak Eagle River? I had McCarty on here a while ago, but I don't think we've had him on. That was probably four or five months ago. So I don't. We haven't had him on since he announced for Chugiak Eagle River. Um. Um, Dunleavy is like a six, six hockey player. Doesn't do anything for the awesome game of basketball. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you, Donna Ardwin for all you've done, says Sean. I agree. Donna is still in the chat room here today. I mean, this is a woman who was unceremoniously booted, uh, after agreeing to come in and help fix the state budget was unceremoniously booted. I mean, and not even face-to-face, 
via text message. That's like breaking up with your girlfriend on a text message, you cowards. At least tell somebody face-to-face -face what's going on. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, they didn't like what she was saying, which is essentially all money is green, and you guys jerking everybody around with it and playing all these monkey shine games is not going to help. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Kelly says, wait, what? I don't know. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Contracting Donna would be a great idea, says Harold. I agree. I hope Donna gets her. I hope she's willing to come back. I, mean, I think she might be. She might. I mean, she still cares about what's going on in Alaska. She listens to the show quite frequently, I know, because I can see her in the chat room. So I know she's listening to the show. I know that she's reached out to me on a couple things, and she's helped correct me on things that I've messed up on or, or given us insight onto things that she had some know-how on. So she still cares about what's going on in Alaska, and I definitely appreciate her. And uh, it's, uh, it's good. Donna, we miss you, says Heather. Yep, that's exactly it. Uh, Donna's just commented, I know Alaska can have a thriving economy. Please hire Charlie Pierce and Tuckerman Babcock. We're working on it. We're working on that. I think it would be a good deal. See, what we really need is we need a positivity guru in state government. We need a Chris Story to go in there and talk things into existence. Right, my friend? That's what we really need. That's right, Michael. I'll take the job. You'll take the job. It only pays $2 a day, but you'd be willing to do it. Absolutely. Yes. You, you do get worth, gold. You're worth benefits. it, Michael. I, I'm worth, worth it. it. I'm worth it. All right. <clears throat> so uh, we're going to be... Uh, we're going to be diving into this here with Chris in just about 60 seconds. So, Chris, hold the line. What's your topic for today, brother? Does positive mental attitude work? Does PMA work? All yes. right. All right. I, I, does it even, does it even matter? Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think, it, I don't think staying positive really matters. Um, yeah. um <clears throat> hold, hold, hold the line, sir. Hold the line. Uh, all right, Donna, you're awesome. Thanks for coming on board. Folks, we are about to radically shift gears out of politics into something a little, you know, into some positivity. Don't go anywhere. Tuckerman asks you, don't leave. Stick around. Stick around and see what Chris has got to say. Maybe he will give you some insight. Maybe he will give you that one word that could change your whole day. I... I mean, maybe that's what's going to happen. I know I need it. I need that one word that's going to change my whole day. Let's get into it. The Michael Duke Show. Chris Story, our guest. Like and share. Like and follow. Subscribe. Ring the bell. Let's do it. All right. Uh, welcome back. The final segment of the show today. Yesterday, uh, we were unable to uh, finish up the show yesterday with Chris Story because we had some guests. Anyway, it was a shuffle. But it worked out for everybody, including Chris. I was very happy to hear that. He was actually listening to the show and gave me the go-ahead to uh, break up my schedule because, you know, it's a hot mess. Uh, Chris Story, the man from Homer, joins us right now to fulfill his weekly duties as our positivity guru. Hello, my friend. 
That's right. If I'm to earn that $2 check this week from you, I need to be here to ask this simple question. Does a positive mental attitude even matter? Does, does it work? Does, does it, it matter? Yeah, okay. does it? Does PMA, does that positivity, does it work? Um, and uh, I think you know what my answer to that question is. But tell us, Chris, does PMA work? Well, yes. And so you and I both are fans of Napoleon Hill and his collected works such as The Laws of Success, Think and Grow Rich and other books. But he got together in the 60s with a gentleman by the name of W. Clement Stone, who was the largest insurer at the time in the country. He had a huge organization, Combined Insurance out of Chicago, Illinois, and he had a nationwide sales force and gave every single one of his people a copy of the book, Think and Grow Rich, because when he was young, a young man, it had made a huge difference in his life, and he attributed that book to his success. And right. so at one point in the 60s, he met Napoleon Hill and actually encouraged him and browbeat him out of retirement, and they collaborated for years <laughs> on uh, television shows, radio programs. They wrote books together. They did uh, stage presentations. He brought Napoleon Hill back and, and drug him back and forth across the country for a whole new generation to get to know his work. But they had this internal struggle and they had a battle that would wage on between the two of them for most of their um, collaboration, most of the collected works they ever worked on. They kept struggling over this one question, which is most important, a definite chief aim or your goals as it were, or a positive mental attitude. And W. Clement Stone came down on the PMA side. He said, without a positive mental attitude as a foundation, all the right goals in the world won't take you where you want to go. You must start there. So uh, coming out of retirement, Napoleon Hill, he acquiesced and said, fine, we'll promote PMA as the foundation. But truly, I don't think he believed it. I think he probably went to his grave thinking, nope, it's a definite chief aim which is going to direct your life. Right. And I'm, I'm on W. Clement Stone, Stone's side. I think with the right attitude, you can overcome almost anything. And you can gain the aptitude. You can gain, because I think what changes constantly is your aim. You know, it's like the, the old adage about when an airplane takes off, it, it's off course most of the time. They have to keep changing the direction. Of course, they know exactly where they're going to go, but they have to keep changing directions as they go. But it's the attitude, which is the engine, it's the, the foundation, if you will, of any sturdy building or any sturdy life that's headed somewhere important right. starts with, and I think continues with the fuel of a positive mental attitude. You know, that's an interesting question to, to try and split those up. I mean, I would... I would I would have a tendency to lean in your direction to say positive mental attitude is more important because even if I didn't have achievement a, a chief aim if, even if I didn't have a life goal or something like that if I did work to keep my attitude positive life would still be better even if I didn't have some major chief aim right on the other hand, if I have a major chief aim and my attitude is not necessarily right, if I continued to focus on that chief aim, it would eventually, I think, bring the positivity back in. So I think you get positive either way, but I think positivity, I think it does trump. I think it does trump the chief definite aim. But you've got to have uh, – Let's not. we're not trying to tell you folks that not to have uh, life goals, okay? But what I'm saying is – the first step, and I think the basic foundational step, I would agree with you, I think is, and with W. Clement Stone, who's much smarter than me, uh, what, that, you know, positive mental attitude makes your life better and is it is the, it is the foundation, right? I guess it'd be, yeah, like a little bit like, hey, I have a, a goal of, uh, as Miss America here, to end world hunger. 
Well, if you never achieve that goal and you have a negative attitude, I'm probably, it's probably never going to work. Or if you get seriously ill and you're facing an illness and, and you have a goal to survive it, but yet, nah, it's probably not going to work. None of this treatment's work. Yeah, right, it's probably right. not going to work. And no, you, I mean, so yes, a goal is important. Yes, you want to survive and thrive and you want to grow and you want to get something, become someone new, have, uh, you want to buy a, a home, you want to expand your home, you want to build a business, whatever it is. But if you have this negative Nelly attitude as you go, chances are good. You're just getting further and further off course of the aim that you claim that you want. So have a positive mental attitude. And I think you could take the slings and arrows of almost any hard time. We're in the midst of record inflation. Gas prices like you and I've never seen, uh, well, the country's never seen, but I mean, relative to, to income and inflation and everything. And this is just outrageous. This is incredible. And we want to control the economy. You can't. You can control your economy and best start with a positive mental attitude. You cannot control the entire economy, but you can grow yours with the right attitude. Right. No. It, <clears throat> and look, the positive mental attitude benefits you in so many ways. And you and I have talked about that, you know, life comes at you and you can't always necessarily control circumstances, events, uh, those kind of things. I mean, you could shape them to a certain point if, you know, with with your thoughts and with your with your goals and weight, you know, but the one thing you can control beyond anything else is your reaction, how you react to things, how you how you take them in, how you respond. And if you do that in a positive way, then that is you're 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 uplifting yourself and you're making the situation better and so it is the foundational principles of that i mean having all the other things is great but like i said i was just thinking if i didn't have a goal if i didn't have any other thing driving me other than i've decided that i'm going to have a positive mental outlook on pretty much everything my life is still pretty happy I agree. And, and, and it's something to put into practice. I think some people naturally come by a positive attitude. They just, or are more naturally positive in their outlook. I think that's a, it's, sometimes it's just innate or, or it's how, how one is raised or their nature. But it's like the, the couple from Toledo were in New York City ready to go to a concert and they asked a bum on the street how to get to Carnegie Hall. And he said, practice, man, practice. So you put this into practice and you say, okay, like playing an instrument or anything else, I'm going to put it to work for me. And I would suggest to practice a positive mental attitude if you don't come by it naturally, or even if you do and you want to improve upon it, get some coaching. There's a tremendous number of life coaches all over the internet and the world and easily can be obtained and group coaching, all that's available. Reading the right books can make all the difference. And, and I think ultimately it comes down to what can you visualize? Can you visualize yourself reaching that goal or attaining that that thing you say you want and as you do so visualize yourself having a positive mental attitude having a positive impact on your neighbors your friends because an attitude you're going to have no matter which way you go might as well pick a positive attitude because they're both contagious negative and positive attitudes are going to rub off on the people around you why not be positive and make it a daily practice even if you find yourself a negative person Try a foundation of gratitude. Be grateful. Do positive things for others and yourself every day. That's the best practice. Oh, what if I'm wrong? Who cares? You, you made a positive influence. You're, right. You're going to have a much better life. Well, and let me suggest that, I mean, you just talked about life coaches and stuff on the internet. Uh, and, you know, people are like, I don't have the money. Get a book. Think and Grow Rich. You know, mm-hmm. The Power of Positive Thought. 
Uh, you know, The Power of Accurate Thinking, Hung by the Tongue. I mean, there are dozens of books out there that'll cost you pennies. You buy them from a used bookstore. Uh, you you could cost you pennies on the dollar to go out there, and that will help. And then find people who are of the same mindset. I mean, you've got to, you know, Chris Story is my friend, uh, and I'm very grateful for him. Why? Because he helps me be positive, even if we only talk once a week or even if we just text each other. Uh, you know, it's a way to stay accountable. I mean, that's, the, you know, the difference between the person you are today and the person you'll be in five years are the books you read and the people you associate with. You can't always choose your associations at work and at some other things, but outside of that, find people in your life like a Chris story that will help you uh, stay on track and always, I mean, I'm always encouraged when I come off the air on a Tuesday or today, a Wednesday to figure it out. That's what it is. It's not hard. It's not expensive. It just takes a little effort. Absolutely. I agree hundred percent. One thing that I'd highly recommend that I listen to this at least three to four times a year, absolutely free on YouTube is the strangest secret in the world by Earl Nightingale. And he has this incredible radio voice from the the 60s when he read and wrote this and uh, it's available for absolute free on youtube and i listen to it several times a year usually while i'm mowing the lawn the strangest secret in the world earl nightingale 100 free and it will change your life all right well chris story you've changed my life you continue to change my life every week thank you my friend i appreciate you my pleasure thanks for having me back uh and of course his book is called the Backyard Millionaire, also Born to Live, uh, The Making of Man. You can find them all at ilovehomeralaska.com. You can find them on Audible. Thank you, Chris, uh, for all you do. My pleasure. Thank you, Michael. All right, folks, out of time for today. We will see you tomorrow working on some guests. See what we can come up with. I think I'm going to go take a nap now. <laughs> take some Advil or something. All right, we will see you. Have a great day, my friends. God bless. Always good stuff. Always good stuff from Chris Story, the master of positivity. Don't forget to like and share. Don't forget to follow. Don't forget to go over to uh, YouTube and, uh, and uh, subscribe and ring the bell over there if you haven't already. Put links up in the chat room there for you to take a look at. Just go subscribe and then hit the little bell icon over on the side. Thank you for being part of it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 